Some strange events are easy to put a label onto. UFOs, ghosts, monsters. Though these subjects seem to be outside the realm of what we know about the natural world, we can still make some kind of sense of them. A flesh and blood visitor from another world. A spirit reaching from beyond the veil into our world. An undiscovered or forgotten animal. However, what if you came into contact with something that could not be so easily labeled and was so beyond the scope of normal reality and perception that even in circles of ufology and the paranormal, many believers would not even deem it possible. This is something strange. Sam, the Sandown Clown. The Isle of Wight is an island located off the south coast of England. It has a rich history dating back to the Paleolithic era. During the Roman conquest of Britain, the Isle of Wight was known as Vectis, as it was an important military and agricultural center. In the Middle Ages, the island was a popular destination for pilgrims and it was also a major center for shipbuilding. During the English Civil War, the Isle of Wight was a royalist stronghold and was the last part of England to fall to the parliamentarians. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, the island became a popular tourist destination, known for its beaches and mild climate. Today, the Isle of Wight is a thriving community with a rich cultural heritage. Every year, tourists flock to the island to experience its unique offerings. But the Isle of Wight holds secrets, as hidden behind its quiet exterior is a long history of strange goings on. Throughout its deep history, it boasts many haunted locations, reports of direct contact with spirits, UFO sightings, and even reports of cryptids. However, one documented encounter that happened to two young children stands out from the rest, as it's a case that often loses even the most open believer in the world of the weird. Sandown is a small seaside town on the southeast of the Isle of Wight, with food, arcades, a long beach and beautiful sights all at someone's fingertips. It was, and still is, a very popular location with tourists. This was the case for a family who visited the island in 1973. Staying near Lake Common Road in Sandown, the family consisted of a couple and two children. The family's name remains a mystery, as when this incident was reported to the British 
UFO Research Association, or BUFORA for short. The family, fearing ridicule, chose not to share their surname. Within the initial report taken by Bufora, the family is simply referenced as the Y family. The children are Faye, age 7, and another boy of a similar age who remained unnamed in the report. For the purpose of this podcast, this boy will be called Alex. It was a mild Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. in Sandown. The children, after a long day of activities with their parents, were playing outside on Lake Common Road. It was then that Faye noticed a strange noise coming from somewhere deep inside the woods. To Faye and Alex, it sounded like a distant ambulance siren, but it sounded different. Intrigued, the two young children decided to venture into the woods to discover where the noise was coming from. As they passed through a small patch of trees, the children made it to the Shanklin and Sandown Golf Club, located just west of Lake Common Road. The sound, however, was coming from an area beyond this golf course, so the children once again made their way closer to the sound, with each step leading to the odd siren becoming louder and louder and louder. Passing by the golf course, the children entered an area of more rugged terrain. It was swampy, muddy, and dark. This area was located between the golf course to the east and the Sandown Airport to the west. As the children advanced into the swampy area, they then crossed an old wooden bridge. It was then that the siren, which sounded very close at this point, suddenly stopped. With an eerie silence now hanging in the air, the children heard something shuffling below them, underneath the bridge. The following is a direct quote, taken from the Beaufort Report, on the incident that was published in the January 1978 edition of their official journal. A blue gloved hand appeared from underneath the bridge, and a strange figure emerged. The figure fumbled with a book, dropped it into the water, then splashed around to retrieve it. The two then watched the figure enter a metallic hut, similar to those on building sites, except there were no windows. It moved along with a strange hopping motion, with its knees raised high. Needless to say, the being Faye and Alex encountered that day in the swampy woods in Sandown was unlike any strange being reported before, or perhaps ever since. At the sight of this bizarre being, the children retreated a little back into the woods, 
But as they were still very curious, they didn't flee the scene entirely and began to watch the strange metallic hood in the event that the being re-emerged. Then, after some time, the children spotted the being once more. But this time, Faye and Alex noticed he was carrying a microphone. The microphone was connected to a small speaker system that he was also carrying around. Faye and Alex then claimed that the wailing sound that was reminiscent of an ambulance siren started up once again, and it was coming directly from the speaker the being was holding. Frightened, the kids began to run away, but as soon as they did, the noise stopped. The children, now a decent distance away from this strange being, saw it place a microphone next to its lips. It spoke, and it said, Hello. Are you still there? When the being spoke, its lips did not move. The children, intrigued by this strange encounter, slowly walked towards the being. As they did, both Faye and Alex got a better look at this mysterious being. He was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck. For his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow pointed hat which interlocked with a red collar of a green tunic. A round black knob was affixed to the top of his hat and wooden antenna attached either side. The face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper-white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his trousers. As they approached, the being took out a piece of paper and scrawled a message onto it. He flipped over the paper and showed the children. It read, Hello. And I am all colors, sir. Both Faye and Alex claimed that they weren't afraid of Sam, as he sounded friendly and even stopped the siren noise once he saw it caused them distress. The conversation Faye and Alex had with Sam was strange and mostly focused on the children trying to understand who or what Sam was. The following is a recreation of the conversation between Sam, Faye and Alex based upon direct quotes from the original 1978 report. Sam, why are your clothes so tattered? Tattered? These are the only clothes I own. You look so pale. Your face is so pale. Why is your skin so white? Are you human? Are you a man? No. No. Or maybe you're a ghost. Well, not really. 
But I am in an odd sort of way. Well, what are you then? You know. You know. What do you eat? I eat berries. I scavenge for berries here in the late afternoon. I scavenge for berries on the mainland also, but I am here now. How did you get the name Sam? I don't have a name. But you told us your name was Sam. I... I, I don't have a name. What's that? He's drawing a picture, I think. What is it, Sam? Is that a picture of you? No, not... not me. Is that a picture of someone you know? Someone like you? Yes. Someone like me. We're not afraid of you. Are you afraid of us? I am frightened by humans. I am frightened of being attacked by... A human. I... If I was attacked by a human, I would not fight back. I would not hurt a human. The children entered his windowless metallic hut, which they gained access to by crawling through a small flap on the side of the hut. The children claimed that inside the metal hut had two levels with the first floor having an unusually low ceiling. The walls were covered in blue-green wallpaper, which featured patterns of dials. They also noticed that there were basic furnishings, including simple furniture and also an electric heater. After a further conversation inside Sam's home, the children bid farewell to the strange being and made their way back to Lake common road before their parents worried where they were. On their way back to the house, Faye and Alex passed a stranger and told him that they had just spoken to a ghost. The stranger did not believe them, but according to the report by Bufora, Faye and Alex were completely convinced what they just encountered was a ghost. Though Faye and Alex initially did not intend of telling their parents about the encounter with Sam, three weeks after the event, Faye told her father. But while her father, who in the report is simply known as Mr. Y, initially tried to shrug off the tale of the strange clown simply being a figment of his daughter's imagination, he couldn't quite write off Faye's experience entirely. Quoted in the before report, Mr. Y said, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality, created by a strange personage. He told them that he had just made the hut. Also, Faye told me that while they were talking to this ghost, two workmen nearby were repairing a post. They paid no attention to the weird charade as if they could not see it. However, there was a deeper reason as to why Mr. Y kept an open mind to what Faye and Alex encountered in the woods in Sandown, as he himself had two previously strange experiences that he could not explain. 
The first occurred on Tuesday, October 20th, 1970. While driving towards St. Helens on the Isle of Wight to visit an acquaintance, Mr. Y spotted something startling in the corner of his eye. Looking to his left, he claimed to have seen a large craft that was covered in multiple lights. The craft was flying low over the marshlands, over the river Yar, and he stopped his car to try and get a better look at what exactly he was seeing. Upon getting a better look at this bizarre craft, Mr. Y described it as a spherical craft, which featured at least seven lights around it. He claimed it did not make a single sound as it moved its way along the marsh. Mr. Y got back into his car and resumed his journey, but as he drove, he noticed that the craft reappeared and began to fly parallel to him. He once again stopped his car, grabbed his torch, and tried to send a rudimentary signal to the strange object that was stalking him. After the attempt at signaling the craft failed, Mr. Y got back into his car and eventually made it to his friend's house in Shanklin. Once there, both Mr. Y and his friend observed the craft numerous times, hiding behind trees and houses, as if it was playing hide-and-seek with the two men. Since this encounter, and at least up until 1973, Mr. Y claimed that he would routinely see strange orbs of light in the sky that would follow his exact movements and remain still when he observed them. Then, two years later, on Wednesday, March 1st, 1972, in the late evening, Mr. Y claims that he was sitting on the cliffside at Compton Bay which is located on the west of the Isle of Wight. It was here that he noticed something incredibly strange. Looking out to the water, the man noticed two yellow lights under the surface of the water. The lights were 40 feet away from him, but he says they appeared to be eyes as if they were the eyes of some hideous sea creature. After observing this for some time, the light slowly descended into the deep ocean and vanished from view. With Faye and Alex coming into contact with Sam the Sandown Clown, and Mr. Y having not only a UFO, but also a possible cryptid experience, raises a number of questions. Do strange experiences run in the family as it is often reported across the world? If so, is Sam the Sandown Clown and Mr. Y's bizarre experiences somehow linked? Was Mr. Y and his family perhaps being watched by someone or something? But perhaps the most perplexing question at the heart of this tale of mystery on the Isle of Wight, assuming the children were telling the truth 
is who or what is Sam the Sandown Clown? Through the history of the world of the strange, there have been stories of beings and creatures that interact with humans that are clearly trying to put up a facade or portray a visual appearance that aims to acclimatize the experiencer to something they at least have a reference to. Many cases of the men in black appear to be like this, as sub-experiencers talk about dark-suited humanoids with pale, sickly skin that move oddly, speak robotically as if they are desperately trying to act human. Then there's a case of Woody Derenberger and his encounter with Indrid Cold, a man who emerged from a large UFO as Woody was driving home. Woody claims that the man was well-dressed, looked respectable, but had a freakishly large grin across his face, which didn't flinch during the strange encounter. But one thing is certain, the case of Sam is a divisive one, even for the most ardent believers in the world of the weird. But consider this, what would you do if you encountered something so outlandish, so bizarre and so beyond explanation that even assigning it the label of ghost, cryptid or alien couldn't even do it justice? What was the bizarre being that Faye and Alex met in the woods and sand down on the Isle of Wight? And could it be connected to the strange UFO and cryptid experiences Faye's father had in the years previously? This has been Something Strange. Thank you for listening to Something Strange. Please consider following Something Strange on Twitter, which is at a strange pod. We're also on both Instagram and TikTok at something strange pod. Or perhaps if you'd like to email me directly, you can contact me at somethingstrangepod at gmail.com. Something Strange is written, produced, and performed by me, Dennis Murphy.